Okay, yesterday was Memvav, today is Memzayin. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Dafket to today's. And we'll have a mind, Rufu Shlema from Michal Viva Bas Yudis, Adas Basranya, Imi Bastvora, and all those who need. And um, with that, so we started in the Mishnah, uh, the new parak. And we're discussing um, when partners who own something jointly, so they own it together, and they uh, made a vow not to benefit from each other. Of course, not, not the best idea, and it does complicate matters. So we saw Machlokas in the Mishnah, whether they are allowed to use individually the jointly owned pro- property. Um, that's one thing. But uh, what that, uh, So Tanakama says no. Uh, Rabbi uh, Lezer Ben Yaakov says yes. Sounds like it's sort of like a Brera question. Uh, you know, can we say that I'm really only using my section, not your section? Um, but nevertheless, and this seems to be in everybody's opinion, and this is where we started off yesterday, that uh, certain things you can't use it for. That um, um, basically using it for set up your mill, things that make a lot of noise, an oven, these are things that are somewhat are raising chickens there. You can imagine the smell, whatever it is. These are things that normally when there's a partnership, the other side theoretically could make a stink about it um, and say, you know, not, not for that use. But they generally don't, and they say, yeah, it's a, they're mevater. They're like, go easy. They say, okay, look, I'd like to have that flexibility. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything. But vitor, what we call vitor, where you're being mevater, meaning you're giving in, um, that's something that when you're made a vow, that's aser. So the vow of Israel, no, it's like the fact that they're giving in, you're kind of benefiting. Okay, so that's the, that's the story. Um, then we talked about a case where, where it's only one-sided. One, um, one side was madir know from the other side. So there too, there's a machlokas. Tanakama says you can't go into the chatzar. Rabbi Lezer Yaakov says you could. But uh, the extra chiddush in this extra case, uh, you know, when it's only one side, is that we, uh, the, the, the Mishnah tells us that we force the one who made the vow to sell off his property. Find the buyer. Because, uh, and we saw the idea is, is that there, there's now a disparity. Um, the other guy's using it freely, and this guy, according to Chacham, is not allowed to use it at all. So it's like, uh, he, it's unfair. He's like, he's going to want to use it, um, and uh, if he's not allowed to, it's going to just set himself up for prohibition. So we, we force him to sell. What if it's a third party that made the vow? Okay, so uh, or that's vowed upon. Uh, it's not, it doesn't clear. It's not clear how, but whatever. The third guy. So this it's owned by Reuven and Shimon, and Levi is, has the vow not to benefit from either Reuven or Shimon, just Reuven or Shimon. So again, there's a machlokas according to Tanakama. He can't go in because any part of the field is benefiting from um, either one of them, both of them. So and uh, and uh, and Rebbe Yaakov over here as well says that no, you could say, look, I'm not using your share; I'm using your friend's share, and that's fine. Okay, um, and that was that case. Then we said when somebody makes a vow not to benefit from his friend, and there's something like a bathhouse or a press that are owned by him, but they're rented 
in the city, uh, meaning somebody's paying rent to run the business, okay? Um, and uh, the question is, is, are, is that something that's called giving him benefit or not by using it? So the answer is, is that it depends if he has what's called the tefisas yad, which means that he has a, um, a profit-sharing component, that he, the more people that use it, the more money he makes, then that's a problem, because now you're giving him benefit. Um, um, the, but uh, if he doesn't, then, it, then it's mutter. Okay, we'll see what that, how the, it gets defined in the Gemara. And then finally, in the last case of the Mishnah, somebody tells his friend um, that your house I, I'm vowed from entering, or your field I'm vowed from buying, so then if he dies or if he sells it to another party, he would be allowed to, because then it's not from you. So I can't buy it from you, but I certainly can buy it from the guy who bought it from you. And the same is true. I can't um, enter your house while it's your house, but if he passes or if he sold it, so I could enter. It's not his house anymore. So it was meduyak. It was, it was very clear in his terminology that that's okay, uh, that that's not what he meant. As opposed to if he says bayizeh, or if he says sandezu, that, that I'm buying, so then that it, will, um, it will not matter if he dies or gets sold. It will be forbidden. So the, uh, I didn't mention this yesterday, but the Ron points out, so all difference in the wording. If you say your field, your house, so it's only prohibited while it's yours. So there's a nice leniency there. But if you say this house or this field, there's a stringency. It extends beyond his lifetime. Okay, or even you know, or even after he sells it. However, the the other difference is, um, okay, we got a full crowd today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Is that the sound you're hearing? Um, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. Okay. Anyway, so uh, the man points out that there's also leniency in that direction, because what if the house falls down and they rebuild it? Same house. Okay, but it's like totally knocked down, whatever. Hurricane, who knows what? Destroyed. So he start basically down to the bottom, down to the foundation, rebuilt a new house <coughs> there. So if you say, so then this is not that house, this is a new house. But if you say, your house, so then this is still his house. So that's where it comes reversed. Okay, it's just important to point that out. Because um, the mission is not saying it in that direction, but it's true. Okay. Brings us to the Gemara's question. Gemara says, in this case where they made vows of not benefiting from each other, so the, what, what if it was the other way around? They didn't, nobody made a vow that I will not benefit from you. And the other guy says, I, a vow, I will not benefit from you. What if it's the other way around? As we know, vows can be um, foisted, in a sense, on another person. How does that work? If I, on my things, I can make a vow that you can't benefit from my things, okay? So, um, what if it was that direction? So these people, they own something in partnership, and I say, you are forbidden from entering my, from using my stuff. And the other guy says, oh yeah, well you're forbidden from using my stuff, and they don't, they own something jointly. Does that change the halacha, or not? That was the first question. Follow the question. Okay. Um, uh, do we say that maybe the machlok is only when they took it on themselves a vow, but not when that vow was forced on them? Um, so then maybe 
um, over there, maybe the rabbis will agree to Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov and say that this guy's, uh, you know, an onus. And like, you know, you, you made it. You, you know, how, you, you can't make a vow that prohibits me from using my stuff. And this is mine. So just because you're, you're saying I can't use your things, but I, that doesn't work against my me to my things. And if I own something jointly, I even then, so then the rabbis would allow maybe, um, and that's the question. And really what, what this is saying is that we're not, it's not in the world of Brera anymore. The rabbis agree that there's Brera over here, but they were more machmir, and maybe here they'll be makel because it was forced on them. That's the, that's the, that's the suffix. Um, or maybe even to both ways, there's still machlokas. That's the machlok. That's the question of the Gemara. So we brought a raya because if you look at the uh, the next case, it didn't say shenadru uh, hana like weird. It sounds like they took on a vow of benefit of proving themselves to benefit from the other one. It says mudar hana Doesn't that sound like it's maybe the other way? And their opponents still argue there. So the Gemara says that you could that, that mudar is vague enough that you could take it to mean the, that it's the same. That he was nadar mechaber. In other words, amend the text a little to make it clear that it means only when the he took on that vow. And it and it and it sounds like that that's the case from the latter part because it says we forced the one who made the vow to sell his share. Obviously, where you know if if, if the, the that guy he didn't really make the vow. The one that's has the prohibit to, to benefit. So obviously, he did make the vow, and that would make sense, then to make, we force him to sell his share. Um, and that's the story. Uh, obviously, he made the vow, and, um, and he has to sell his share. He made a vow not to benefit from his friend. If the other friend made a, benefit, made, made a vow that I made, vowed on me that I can't benefit, then what does that mean? I have to sell my share? That's so unfair, right? We can't, we can't be that that's what's required. So obviously that's the case. Um, anyway, brings us to the next thing. Rabbah says the name is Iri. And uh, that the whole machlok is over here is only in a property that is divisible. That meaning that we can split it. You know, people can... Um, you know, it's large enough that, that it's useful in two, into two pieces. And then, that's where there's a dispute. The Chacham say, you can't, you can't use it, and Rebbe Lezvednyakov says, you could. However, if it was Eimbadin Chaluka, which means that it's so small, or it's a unique use that only works in it intact and whole, so then, everybody would agree that it's a motor, because there, um, it's like uh, for sure that we're going to say that it was initially bought with the understanding that I'm going to be using it myself uh, singularly, and that's the nature of the of the partnership. As opposed to when there's a partnership and something that's splittable, that's where it's more of a problem because you know, we, we, we might eventually just cut the whole property in half and give us each a half an acre and you know, and everybody can... So then for me to use the whole field is more problematic. That's what we sang in the beginning. But uh, Rav Yosef proves that we'll see coming up in upcoming Mishnayos that when people make a vow, they can even be prohibited from using the shul in town that's jointly owned. And that's also something that, you know, that's not splittable. Um, and, um, and yet, they're both usur if it's something that's city-related. 
So that really proves that we don't, that doesn't work that way. So Rav Yosef says that it's all the way around. Rav Yosef said the name is Yiri, that everybody, uh, the argument is when there's something that doesn't get split, that can't be splittable. But if it's something that is splittable, everybody would agree that it becomes prohibited. Meaning even Rav Lezrin Yaakov would agree that uh, in a case that you can't split it into two pieces, so then you would not be allowed to use the field alone because... You're gonna, you're ending up using probably somebody else's property because the guy who you're forbidden from if you're using the whole field until you split it because obviously this field is splittable and that's what's going to happen and that's I, that was the thought and uh, in the end who do we pass like? so the gemara concludes uh, Rav Huna says we pass like Rav Lazar Ben Yaakov Rav Lazar also passes like Rav Lazar Ben Yaakov took us to the next piece, which was the bathhouse, how to use a bathhouse that's owned by one of the parties. So he said, if there's a tefisas yad, then you can't use it. So what, how much money is a tefisas yad? In other words, um, in the simple read of the Gemara, the Gemara is assuming that, that he has to get at least a significant enough of a percentage to make it considered that my, when I'm paying the worker, uh, he's getting something of value, um, and that's called benefiting from me. Um, uh, you know, and paying for entry to the bathhouse. So we said that it uh, has to be either he gets 50%, thir- a third, or a quarter. Uh, but less than that, not. Um, that's the, and Abayi says, it doesn't matter how much, any percentage that he gets would be uh, considered benefit. However, uh, what would be allowed is if it's flat rate, which means that the he just gets a, he just gets a, a basically... Uh, you know, flat rate, regardless of how much it's used. You know, it's like a rental fee, and this is what we discussed uh, yesterday. You spoiled spoiled it for everybody, but okay. Sorry, we'll forgive that. you. We'll forgive you. All right, and that's where we got up to yesterday. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's get started. Today is Mem Zion, and we're starting at the top of the page, and. Um, <coughs> We met, we're going on the last part of the mission where it made a, a big difference whether you said this house or your house. So uh, that's the section. Omer Lechaber. So, Avimeh has a, a shayla here. The question. Okay, so he's throwing the vow on the other guy. Okay? And it happens to be his house. And he says, this house you will never step foot in. Okay? He's saying that while he owns the house. He didn't say my house. He said this house. Okay? And uh, then the guy who, who put the vow on the other party dies or sells the house. What's Allah? Okay? Now, so right? So, a vow on this house that you enter it, mace, and he dies, the one who made the statement, or he sold it, locker to another party. What's the question? Can a person prohibit something that is currently his for even after it's no longer his? Meaning, can he attach something to it, encumber his property beyond his ownership? Okay? Although, or not, that's the question. So, Rabbi Rabbi says, Tashma, come in your proof. Okay, we had this earlier. Somebody tells his son, a vow that you cannot benefit from me. Okay? 
Omeis, uh, and then the guy dies, Yerushalayim. He just said, me. But after he dies, it's not him anymore. So it's the Yerusha. So he gets it. He gets the inheritance. But if he says, you cannot benefit from me in my lifetime, or even after I pass, Omeis, and then he dies, Lo Yerushalayim, he does not inherit. So then you see that there is, it is in his power to, to create the prohibition even beyond. Now, it's not as bad as, as, as it sounds, okay? It doesn't mean that he just totally knocked him out of the inheritance because of the power of that vow. What it means is he, he, is, he just has to be a little bit more creative. He can't actually get his Yerusha, meaning he can't benefit from his Yerusha in a direct way. But it's still his Yerusha. He didn't take away the fact that he inherits it. So it's just that I have all this land that I can't benefit from. So what do I do? Well, there's, you know, you, you, need, you need help from a friend. So in other words, I can borrow money from somebody else. And if I incur debt, so then he can collect his debt from my Yerusha. Because that's, that's not me benefiting. You understand? So in other words, I'm still getting the value of whatever inheritance is, I just can't actually be the one who's benefiting directly from it. So that's, uh, that's how the run clar- clarifies that. Don't, don't think that he's quite of the Greek. Alright, brings us to the next case. Tanan we learn the Mishnah elsewhere. These fruit are vowed upon me. Another expression, basically the same thing. All different ways of saying it. Alai, Api, Lifi. So the Allah is Asr Bikilufein Uvidulain. So even these fruit themselves are exchanged, or their uh, growth of this fruit, meaning I you know, there it's planted and it grew some new some new stuff. All of those things are also forbidden. Okay, that's what the Mishnah says. Meaning when a person says that I'm not going to eat these fruit, it's so broad and so powerful that it attaches onto something. So in other words, if that fruit says, uh, you know, I'll trade you my orange that made the vow for your apple, so it's an exchange. So that exchanged apple, that was also part of the prohibition because that came out of that fruit from the wording. Okay, so by Ram Barach Amas, Ram Barach Amas the question, Amar Konopiris Ha'ilo Al Ploni Mahu. What about there? Does that, does that exchange? When I own the fruit and I'm saying about, you know, this fruit is so forbidden to me, it's even the exchange of the fruit is forbidden to me. I can get that because it's me on my fruit. But if it's, uh, or even these fruit, okay, it doesn't even need to be mine, but I'm still, it's, it's still the me. As opposed to when I'm trying to foist it onto somebody else or prohibit somebody else in my fruit, does my prohibition on my fruit to the other person extend to the exchange of that fruit to the other person? <coughs> That's the question. Me and Miren, do we say, Gabi delay, when you're talking about yourself, I can prohibit anybody's fruit to me. I, you know, I have power over everybody's property to say that I'm prohibited to that stuff, right? So the exchange is encompassed in that. And that's not a problem. <coughs> Even these things that are not in this world yet, you know, the growths or the chiluf, the exchange, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a future transaction, can also be prohibited, perhaps. 
hold the other. But but uh, however, gavir When it comes to a friend, hold the ein adam oser bears chavero al chavero. One of the key principles in vows is that I cannot prohibit my friend from a friend's stuff, right? That I can't do. So in other also Dabshalobola So my stuff I can prohibit to my friend. But the exchange is not mine. That's just that's not even here in this world yet. So then I don't have a power over it, and I can't prohibit my friend from the exchange of the, these fruit. That's the question. Oh Dilma. Or of course you could. You know, there's always one another way to look at it. Maybe we consider it sort of like almost like in a rabbinic in nature, or do we say that look, exchanges and growths are kind of similar, and we say just like a, an exchange works that way. I mean, just like a growth is going to be extending too, so to the chiluf, and therefore you know, it, it gets all bundled together in the prohibition and just like I can prohibit it from the fruit, what comes from the fruit is also going to be prohibited to the other person. That's the suffix. Makes no difference to himself or to his friend and it's all going to be prohibited. That's the suffix of the of the Romy Barham's question. Come on, I'll give you a proof. Somebody tells his wife, Konim Shani Lech. Um, I am making a vow that uh, uh, that you you can't um, that you know that you won't benefit from me. Okay. Okay. So basically, he's prohibiting his wife to benefit from his stuff. So we discussed this. You know, with the woman to do. You know. Anyway, Lava. She can go ahead and borrow. Because that doesn't free the husband from his requirements. Okay? It's just that she cannot benefit directly from him. But what she can do is she can borrow from a, from a, a third party. And that person who is who the, 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 the creditor can um, can come within a friend and they can demand payment from the husband. Okay? My time a Balikhoven a friend. Why are they allowed to get paid? Doesn't that pretty much prove that we don't that they, they, there's no iser to the exchange? Meaning, when she's getting the money not from the husband, but she's getting it from the lender, isn't that the exchange basically? If they're going to get paid from the husband, so then that money that that she got is an exchange. So we see that the we see that exchanges are allowed. Basically, that's really what we're saying. Because it's indirect, it's okay. Yeah, but I'm saying we're saying it's allowed. So why why isn't that a proof that we obviously the proof is, it's a proof that chilufin is not like gidulin. It's it's different because um, the money that they gave her is in exchange for the money of that they're getting from the husband. That's exchange. Okay, it's a pre-exchange. But, you know, true, but it's still an exchange. So Amr Rava, so Rava says that doesn't prove it. Why? You're right. She can go ahead and do that, but maybe it's a problem. Maybe from the outset it's not allowed. So in other words, it doesn't prove that that is because all we're saying is that it, after the fact, she borrowed money. You know, like and, and we're not saying that chilufin uh, 
it, we, we, our question is is chilufim prohibited? We don't want to know if you if you did so, you know, does the you know does it work? So maybe if she borrowed from them, so yeah, they have a right to claim the money from the husband, but that doesn't mean that it's lichatchila allowed. So we're not 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 conclusive. So Allah Tashma Kamni or another proof. Hamakadish Beorla. Um so, so Orla, as we know, is the, the fruit of a tree in the first three years. You're not allowed to benefit from the Orla at all. Okay? Orla, okay, so it's, uh, you can't use that fruit. Um, what happens? He takes uh, that fruit and he gives it to a lady and says, marry me with this, you know, with this fruit, okay? With this uh, tangerine. In Mekadesh, is not a good kiddushin. Machran, but what if he took the fruit, sold it, Unlaw, you know, unlawfully, the Kiddush Bidman, and then with exchanged the money that he got for the fruit, um, and he married the lady, I raised him Kiddush, it is a good Kiddush. So what do you see? It doesn't extend, we're looking at it, that it's very interesting, uh, the Ron points out over here, that the fact that we're even trying to bring a proof from this case shows something very special about the power of this konum. We're looking at it as, as like a, a real or no different than Orla. Okay, and they were using that as a proof to the to, to our case. Because when a person makes a vow that, that has a it's like it making it hegdish, it's like making it a Amish and Yisr. Okay, so like uh, in that case, um if you know Orla would be a proof, you know, but bottom line is we're saying the Kiddushin is a good Kiddushin, even though it's an exchange. So you see it doesn't extend to exchange. So um so Gemara says again, same same proof. Uh, same lack of proof. Here too, maybe that's only from the outset that you can't do that. Um, maybe from the outset you can't do that. The of it, of it. But if you did, so now you're just marrying with money. So not saying that you are allowed to do the exchange. Obviously you're not. You're not allowed to, you know, nobody told you that you could take orla fruit and sell it. You can't. But if you do so, the money is not tainted with the Yisr. Um, you married with it. Even then, maybe it is tainted. You shouldn't marry with it. But once you marry with the money, we're going to have to allow the marriage to take effect. Uh, it's a different... Is doesn't transfer to the money? Even if it transfers, it doesn't transfer to that degree that the money is not good for Gedushin. Think about what kind of disaster that would be to have an arrangement where, the, where you know, mm. he married with what, something of value and then... You know, it, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. It's like it's it was like, like well, it was an exchange of Arla. It's like there's no way to see that on the thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's Arla itself. So say, okay, this is something that the item itself is also brand new. But in exchange for something is, you know, it's not. Uh, there's no blockchain for it. You know what I'm saying? You don't know that it came from that. So uh, we can't have a uh, we can't have world where where something that is not um, itself prohibited. You know, the condition is not a good condition. So the bottom line is. We still are, are are remaining without proof that it that, that it's a uh, that, it, that that whether it's uh, allowed or not. So it's interesting in Psak Halacha. So you know we have a little bit of time. So the question then. Yeah. What? So if you if the guy you're prohibited from has just the most fantastic oranges, so you could get your friend to buy that orange, and then you could you could then do a trade with the with the with your friend. You'd be okay. That's well. It that depends. Again, like we said, it's all on the wording. If the vow was, depends on what he said. Who's made the vow? The owner of the oranges, or you? The owner, the owner of the oranges says you're prohibited from benefiting from 
my oranges. My oranges? And that's right. oranges. And that's okay. from these oranges. From, from, from these beyond. oranges, it could, it could, that's what we said. It does extend even beyond his ownership. That was the thing. Even the if thing he sold the shabbat. It's all in the wording. Everything, you know, it makes a huge difference in the wording. But as far as the Allah, as far as this last question, uh, does it extend to exchanges? Um, so the Ran himself, Baskins, that uh, at this point it's clearly only a suffix to Rabbanon, because um, the, the Chilufin itself is only a rabbinic extension of the Isser. It's not the actual Isser itself, and therefore and we have a rule, suffix to Rabbanon, Likula, and, you can, and therefore the, in, in lieu of uh, a final proof, we can be lenient. Um, even if he did so intentionally, it would still be permitted. But he brings down the Rambam, um, uh, says that uh, that it's a suffix, and therefore it was suffix lechumra. So he's like, I don't understand. It shouldn't be a suffix. Nedarim ardaraisa, but the isra of the of the nether is not going directly on the chiluf on the exchange. It's that's a rabbinic extension of the nether. That's the way he understands it. Anyway, that's the dispute. All right. Okay. Rabbi, yes. yes. You have a question also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. On Ola itself, is there prohibition from Ola on the Torah on benefits or on usage? Because that's the basic question we're discussing. If it's in usage, then the exchange it does is fine. But if it's in benefits, I mean, he transgressed on, on use the benefits. So how can you use Anavera to make a, make, a, make a mitzvah out of it? Yeah, but it's it's removed from it. But you're right. It is First of all, the Isra is in Isra Hana. I'm not allowed to benefit. So I did an Avera. The question is, Okay, he did an Avera when he sold the fruit. He had no business doing that. And he's going to get punished for it. But is the money the fruit? That's the question. You understand? Hey. I understand that. You know, and the, again, you're saying you it's a mitzvah baba Avera, but the, there's a limitation in mitzvah baba Avera that the, that, the, that the Avera has to be at the same time that you're trying to do the mitzvah, that it's not a good mitzvah. Here, my Avera was a preempt. It's like a guy who stole the money first or whatever. You know, he did something wrong. Yeah, right. It's, once it's that much removed, it doesn't, it doesn't qualify as a mitzvah baba Avera. So even if he steals the money, like you say, he still can marry that if woman. It, that if money. he's the if the money becomes the money. his, then then it's the good it's a good marriage. Yeah, we'll get there in Kiddushin. We have where it's coming up. It's coming up. Don't worry. Okay. All right, everyone, have a beautiful day. Okay. Okay.